Hello. The next three thoroughly good classical music podcasts are a little different from the normal run of things. For the past ten days, I've been in the capital of Armenia, in Yerevan, to meet musicians and scholars here and talk to them about competitions, state symphony orchestras and national composers. The first of these podcasts features three of the four finalists in the Aram Katachurian cello competition. Competitors you'll hear in the order on this podcast are Jonathan Swenson from Denmark, Choi Won Hong from South Korea and the US, and Fedor Amazov from Russia. Each of them played Katachurian's Concerto Rhapsody to an international jury at the Philharmonic Hall in the capital as part of the final round. They'll talk about their hopes and aspirations, the competition experience, and some of the challenges faced playing the repertoire that has featured in the competition. A confession, though, I did speak to all four of the finalists, but much to my shame and embarrassment, I managed to delete one of those interviews, the one with Russian cellist Rustam Halamdalin. As it happens, Rustam was the least keen on speaking. Not surprising, really. He'd just come off the stage, and like any performer, the last thing they really want is some twerk with a microphone asking them probing questions, when what they really want to do is process through what they've just done on their own. Uh, added to that, it was quite a windy day, so you really wouldn't have wanted to hear it. Uh, which brings me on to one other thing to flag. The sound quality on the final interview with Fedor Amazov is a little odd, or at least it is to begin with. I urge you to overlook that, and forgive me if you'd be so kind. I'm Jonathan Swenson. I'm from Copenhagen, uh, half American as well. My dad is from New York. Um, but I've grown up in Copenhagen all my life. And, uh, well, it was quite conflicting whether I was going to go here or not, actually. I was really not sure because it's my first uh, international competition ever. And uh, this last year has been uh, crazier mentally than ever before. So. I wasn't. I was not sure if I would be able to cope with it, but I'm very happy that I went anyway, and I'm very happy to play with the orchestra tonight. Um, tell me about uh, the experience of living in Copenhagen. Well, Copenhagen is a beautiful city. It's it's a it's a very nice city. It's a it's a quite uh, well. I mean, people are quite reserved in in general, but. Um, very often after midnight they are most definitely not anymore. Um, Is that to do with alcohol? I, I would guess so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you make it sound as though you, you yeah. wouldn't have any idea about that. No. <laughs> Nothing at all. Um, no, it's... Um, I'm not sure about what I think about the actual Danish uh, mentality but I love, the, I love the country very much. What do you mean by the Danish mentality? Well, I, very often I feel like the uh, there's this thing called Jentelon uh, in Denmark, which is this thing, don't think you're anybody, don't think you're uh, going anywhere, just keep your opinions to yourself and 
Wow, that sounds quite crushing. Yeah, it's 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 the thing that they have, you know. It's very often it can be that there's something, anything that's very low level and anything that's very high level, but they kind of try to push it into the middle very often, and that's a that's a general Scandinavian mentality. And I've talked with my teacher about this as as well, who is also from Scandinavia, and and he finds it very very true, which is the the only thing that I find uh, not so nice about the place. It's, it sounds a little bit like it's a it's a, a sort of a mentality in order to. Um, limit arrogance. Yes. Is yeah. That, is that have I understood it correctly? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, how how do you find that that affects you? How does um, that bother you? Well, it used to bother me, but then I decided to not care about it anymore and just do my own thing at some point and just practice and do what I what I believe in and fight for that. And and that's that I think has, has worked out well because if you let yourself be affected about it by it it can be very tiring and I mean at some point I just decided to say oh, fuck it uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you appear very humble on stage you appear almost uh, when I watched you play in the Katajurian just now I say the Katajurian it's all Katajurian uh, but when I heard you play uh, and then you finished I saw cellists watching you intently. I don't know whether you were aware of that. I suspect not. But when you'd finished, um, you appeared incredibly humble. Well, I mean, it's an honor to be here. And it's a, it's a great orchestra. And I was really, uh, quite honestly, surprised about how on point they all are and precise and catch everything that I did for the rehearsal so there was no need to work through more places than just the playthrough which I found quite um, amazing so I, I mean of are course you, uh, I'm sorry I'm going to challenge you about that are you being uh, are you being self-effacing when you say that what does that mean uh, are you being quite humble when you say that no I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say so I was just I was I was quite quite happy about it because I mean if it's if it's not a good orchestra I can definitely I, not that I become less humble but then I fight for it to be better but now it was on such a high level already that I, I felt that I was just I was I was humbled to be there somehow uh, that's a very touching thing to say I but for, for my even though I shouldn't really have an opinion as an observer uh, I wonder whether one of the reasons that they were on point is because you play with such attack and with such confidence and unassailability. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't expect you to say, yeah. well, yes, of course. Well, I think if you walk into the, into the stage with an attitude of vitality and, and care for the music, people are generally going to do their best to play together with you. And for me, that's all, that's all that music really is about it's about presence and it's about care for the music and it's about care for the people you're playing with and if there's if there is never if, if, if there's not an ounce of, of love involved then I just I cannot listen to it I don't enjoy it and I think it kills it's a it kills the point for me anyway uh, when did that for when did you first experience that and that sounds like a very um, rounded assessment and something that has come from years of experience but you are only 22 21. so oh 21 okay that makes it even worse um, uh, when when did you first arrive at that insight 
Um, I think it came came with years. When I, I moved to Oslo um, last summer, which was um, terrible, honestly, mentally for me. Uh, and the, uh, um, living there was uh, just non-social in every single way. And I feel very social and I feel very much like I... I I need to have people I care about around me and uh, I think in a way that made me think about very many things and I think I'm quite thankful to it honestly honestly, because it really made me think a lot about music and what I really believed in about it and then I started to have more jobs around this last year and I feel like I gained a bigger perspective during this time but Music is limitless, I think, and that's the beauty about it. So there are still many things to to find out. Uh, I'm new to the Concerto Rhapsody. Uh, I have to tell you that when I first heard it, I didn't really understand it. I didn't really like it. <laughs> um, my natural home was the Concerto. Uh, but having heard it three times today, I'm kind of warming to it. I wonder whether you can tell me what you think uh, Katachurian is saying, what the story is that he's telling us. You get you come across as somebody who absolutely has a vision for it. Yeah. Well, it seems very proud to me somehow. Very, I don't know, in, in a sense, Armenian in a way, and very with a, like this, but ex- extremely uh, um, passionate as well, and very rhythmical and. You, I think you need great poise and and precision and rock basically and funk inside of you and rhythm to do it. Uh, um, what is it called? All of these. Um, fuck, I forgot the word. In a good, in a good man, an authentic manner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think you really need to have just like. A heartbeat going inside of you that's just following it all the way through. Otherwise, I also would say that it could be a weak piece if it's not with great um, engagement. Which is which reminds me that that is how every time I've seen you play during this week, that is how I've sort of felt when I've seen you playing. That actually there are there are no half measures when you're playing. This is you know we're right here right now, and it needs to be delivered. Mm. Is that? Is that a fair assessment? I mean, that's kind of yeah. how I see it. Yeah, well, I mean, every time before, every single round, my anxiety has been higher than ever, and I've been so crazy nervous. But the nice thing is that being on stage, I feel present, finally. And that's something... I've actually been thinking about some things in, during this week, that that's something I want to bring into my life as well. And been meditating a lot for the last months and I think no matter what piece you play or no matter where you are it doesn't matter what you yourself think of it because you're there no matter what and there's nothing you can do about it so the thing to do is accept and that's what I love about music because that's where I feel home in that saying Um, and that's something I care to bring on to 
everyday life, basically. Uh, you say that you're anxious and sort of crazy nervous beforehand. Um, when you have finished the performance, um, what is the feeling that you have then? It depends. I mean, after the first round, I was still very insecure because I think the first round is the scariest round somehow because it's like, you know, they listen and they really, they just judge instantly and then you're, you're out or you're, you're in and like, and, and I didn't feel so good at the first round, even when, when, or it grew on me, but in the, the first five, seven minutes, I really wasn't in the Tchaikovsky I was not feeling I wasn't feeling grounded yet um, but after the second round I was feeling quite good I would say after and you, did, you did the Debussy in the second round and you yeah. the only essentially the, the only cellist who, who provided something different I think that was quite that was quite striking oh uh, yeah I love the Debussy cello sonata I've, it's also I've played that piece for many years and it feels very very secure for me and yeah, I, I was just uh, Debussy felt felt really good, and I was happy to start with it and then play Hachaturian afterwards, which is which is a, a technical nightmare, honestly, the solo fantasy, uh, and then ended with the Brahms F major, which I just I, I utterly utterly gorgeous. I'd yeah. never heard the F major at all, yeah. uh, and and there are there are moments in the first movement where I'm going to be quite nerdy now. Um, there are very low. There are four low chords in the piano, and I don't know what you're doing on the cello, but it's probably on the G string. Possibly, uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, and and the texture of it is quite uh, is something else. Yeah, definitely. And the the general sound of the Brahms sonata is just amazing, and the balance between the the cello and the piano, and kind of how it there's this resistance. There's this like this. Uh, gooey yeah, resistance yeah, yeah, somehow yeah. that keeps on like going and then coming in yeah. again kind of going in and out and it's just like kind of uh, twisting and turning in, in so many so many ways and yeah and with yeah I don't know I just it's really a lovely piece for me what advice would you give to someone who was applying for the competition the next time for the first time you know somebody like you um because you've done it now yeah <laughs> not quite yet <laughs> um I think this competition really uh allows you to to be exactly uh, to feel and play exactly how you want to as long as you have a respect for the music that you're playing and I think that for, for people coming just it's just about being present when playing and everything before and everything a- after doesn't matter it's just about being there when you're playing for them and taking deep breaths before starting feeling that you're grounded and sinking into the string and singing singing for with everything that that you can inside of you 
basically give everything you you can give to the music and be present with it and follow it wherever it takes you. I don't really believe that that people take music somewhere themselves. I think that when they're playing, things happen and they may do how they feel, but it's how the music is leading them to do. And that's the way it should be anyway, I think. And I just think that staying present and being grounded on the stage and not overthinking when playing is the uh, most important thing. Uh, what are you going to be doing this afternoon? I'm not going to be stalking you, I just, I'm just interested. <laughs> I don't know, I think I might take a nap because I couldn't sleep last night at all um, and have something to eat and play a couple of notes. I need to buy a, a proper uh, plaster from the... What have you done to your finger? What's going on there? I got a there? blister right after playing on the in here today. Like just towards the end, so now I have a blister and it hurts. And so, what will you do about that? Well, I mean, I'm gonna try. It. I don't know. I have don't have so many hours to, to fix it. <laughs> no, indeed. indeed. Uh, but I'm gonna. Um, my name is Chawan Hong, and you can call me Stephanie if my Korean name is confusing you. Okay, <laughs> why Stephanie? Um, I've lived in California when I was super young, so like people just name after me, like Stephanie and my sister is like Sarah. Right. And, like. Did you, did you have any choice in that then? No, not really. <laughs> not really. Right. Like, but you're okay with that? Yeah, from a, uh, from someday, like, people started calling me, like, Stephanie, and like, uh, okay, am I Stephanie? Okay, I accept it. <laughs> okay. So you didn't question yeah. it. You just went with it. Okay, that's, that's, inter that's an interesting strategy. That's very pragmatic. Uh, and how long have you been playing the cello? Um, I started playing cello when I was 10. It was quite really late as majoring yeah. in music instrument but um, I actually give it a try on piano first and I figured out my hand doesn't move like besides a parallel way so like I quit at first and um, I tried flute didn't work viola didn't like it but cello actually no, no, who does no I, I don't I mean this is nothing like offensive meaning in the viola but I just couldn't like it but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get you. It like sounds a little bit cruel, but this is nothing cruel. But my personality is like very lazy because I want to sit on while I play my instrument. So I kind of pick cello because, you know, playing cello posture is like just sitting on a chair, un unlikely violinist and the violist or the flutist does. Oh, so, so actually you're saying that the, that the posture that you adopt when you're in the chair is much... Yeah nicer for you <laughs> is that what you're saying? I don't want to stand on while I play instruments that's that's I hadn't really considered <laughs> that I mean uh, but you have to put in a tremendous amount of effort when you're playing yeah that I figured out like when after like five years right. yeah when when the game started to be serious um, what has brought you to this competition why have you applied mm. honestly this is my not their first, but their first international competition that I've ever tried because I've done some competition in the United States. It's called international competition too, in somewhere in Europe. But this competition is known as one of the considerable competition because cons considering the previous winner, like 
just like, oh my God, like now Hak Nazarian is there. And after that season, Ionita, Andre Ionita won this competition. What do you so he was he was the guy that we saw in the in the opening concert yeah, who played who played the Concerto Rhapsody mm-hmm. which you're playing in the yeah. final. Um, what is it that you I've seen a performance of uh, Rostropovich's humoresque on YouTube, mm-hmm. which he gave when I don't know when he was ridiculously young, and it is stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that you see as a cellist in him? What excites you about his playing? It's like very like, I don't know. I would get really lost if I would like to say like what is interesting, like what is the most prominent elements in him because definitely he's a king of cellist and like everybody, everybody knows that. I don't think nobody would doubt that. But what do you what do you connect with? To him or to it? To it. To his playing. To his playing. How do you connect with his playing? First of all, incredibly accurate technical ability. Like he's not dropping a single note, although this concerto is much of fun, but it's pretty crazy. It it really drives people crazy, and like even I don't know what I'm doing like while I play, but he really seems he's aware exactly what he is doing and what he is gonna do, and how he is gonna handle this, and he always has the you know very tight, well structured big picture in his mind and. Incredibly, it shows, but also most incredible thing is it's so effortlessly played. That it's I, I think most of the cellists want to be like that. They want to be really nice like him, but we don't need to show that we are trying so hard. Is that is that the secret? Is that the aim? To be, to that's have my that. Aim. That's your aim. Yeah. I mean, I'm really struck by how when you talk about him, your your persona. Changes. I mean, you are you are dead serious about that. You are really serious about that. <laughs> well, I mean, in some point, I'm a very lazy person, but in some point, I'm very too much thinker. Yeah. How are you lazy? Tell me how you're lazy. No, actually, I mean, you're standing on you're sitting on a stage playing a concerto in a competition. How are you lazy? Being very honest, if I didn't play pian- a cello, <laughs> yeah, cello, yeah, I would rest my. I, I would spend like rest of my life as just lying on the bed, doing nothing, being chilled. So uh, playing the cello gives you a sense of purpose? It gives inspiration and motivation of living a good life. When, when, do you remember when you, when you realized that for the first time? It's been like seven years. So what happened seven years ago? Seven years ago, I mean, I was in my undergrad course in Korea. And, you know, I spent really fun time. Probably not very practical, probably not very productive, five years. And after that, I mean, I, I wasn't really deep, like, bad mood. That probably I have had really fun time, but I feel like I didn't earn anything. So like, besides that, okay, so I wasted my time. I feel, I feel so no matter what other people say. So like, okay, how am, how am I going to make up this time? It's gonna be like just focusing on only on me. I think, I think that was like kind of punishment, also kind of giving a new chance to myself for living a new life. I just don't want to be like, yeah, yeah, she's alive. Yeah, she's okay. 
I don't want to be just like that. Just, I, I just want to be just slightly better than that. I know that it takes like tremendous amount of hard time and the trying so hard in order to be slightly better than just normal, very normal person. I mean, being normal is not bad. No, no, I don't think so. No, I, I, I quite like being normal. Um, uh, how far off from that goal do you feel you are at the moment? How far? Yeah. I don't know what other people would say, but this goal is now what I'm thinking to achieve in my young age. I mean, it must have been really nice if I can achieve it, like, you know, sooner the better. But I don't think if I achieve it and knowing myself, knowing my personality, knowing my ability, if I achieve it so fast, it wouldn't be mine. I, I kind of believe so. I mean, mine, whatever I do, it takes like extra time that other people takes. And I, and I accept it. And I will be enjoying that time, although it's not the most pleasant thing to experience, but... How is it, how is it not pleasant? Knowing myself that I, I do suck is not please <laughs> not, not really pleasant. I mean, you know, practicing and being professional in musical department is, I think, is a blessed job. But I also don't think it's a job because you know, being musician is not a job. We are just doing whatever we want to do for our life, right? It's a vocation. It's, yeah, it's a vacation for a lifetime. And. You know, we already are blessed enough to be able to enjoy our life with this musical instrument and showing whatever we think. Because people might judge after performance, but when, I am, when we are on the stage, they wouldn't judge, they just listen to it. So I like, I like that, you know, I like that moment. And I like, I like the fact that people are just accepting the moment they are living when we are playing on the stage. Uh, I recall that I asked you why you applied for this competition. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you we haven't told so me. Far. <laughs> why did you apply for this competition? First of all, considering the previous winner, I feel like okay, this is very considerable, very like high-level, established competition. And you know, as a one of the assignment, it was a, one of the assignment. Okay, I might not pass to the first round. I might not pass to the second round. Definitely the final round. But, you know, even in order to bear that moment, I need power and I need to be improved in person. So I just wanted to bear and I, want, I just want to be survived from that moment by moment and by moment. So, so you, it sounds as though you applied with a sense of curiosity. Mm-hmm. that you were sort of curious as to, I, I wonder how far I can get. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder how this can improve me. Yeah. When you finished the first round and you passed to the second round, what was your, how did your thinking change at that point? Because you, you know, you entered this competition thinking, yeah, like, I'll see what happened. I mean, yeah. that's essentially what you said. I will just try my best, yeah. but I shouldn't expect anything farther. So when you, when you heard the result from the first round, what did you think then? Okay, what am I going to do from now on? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so okay, when you I then... I'm going to serve one in like two days. So when you, when you then got from... When you heard the result of the second round, what did you think then? Okay, what am I going to manage? 
<laughs> How am I going to manage this concerto from now on? <laughs> no, but actually, this is what I really plan to when I play this competition. I mean, you know, they're like fundamental players and finalists, also in the second round, also in the first round, that I really, that I really saw, like many tremendous, fabulous players. But I don't know, no matter what happened, I am, I kind of try to not to doubt on myself, like, why did I pass? But <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm not, and no, no, I hope no. my questions are not making no, you no, go, hang on, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> but really, you know, being very appreciated by given chance gives me more motivation that, okay, I have one more chance to break through it. I have one more chance to break through it too. Even if I didn't pass this first round or second round, I would feel like, but I still have a chance because I really didn't expect anything when I applied for this competition. And eventually it's going to make me like way better than like, you know, just even like a week ago when I was in Korea, like even a, a year ago. I think this giving a new chance, giving many possibility to people. How has the competition experience changed you? What have you learned about yourself? About myself? It's like just survive. There's just only one thing. No, two things, let me say. It's I got better in terms of controlling myself emotionally. Plane-wise, I don't know how I control, but emotionally is very important. And the second of all, which is the most important thing, is it made me to know myself better. And what, what do you know now that you didn't know last week? Hmm. Okay, I mean, I was very curious. I mean, I already told you, I was very curious of the results. But it's kind of same matter. I think I keep saying to myself, you can do it. You can do it next time too. You can do it next time too, okay. And you will be able to do, you, you will be able to manage yourself sooner. Yeah, that's, that's all I wanted to experience actually when I apply for this competition I'm really I'm really touched by what you say that that really sort of I that really resonates with me uh, so thank you for sharing that I wonder whether I can ask you some questions about the work because mm -hmm. last night we heard Fedor and Rustam yeah. Fedor played the Rhapsody, Rhapsody. and Rustam played the Cello Concerto and and my initial reaction was last night actually I don't I don't get the concerto Rhapsody. I can't, I can't connect mm -hmm. with it very easily. Um, and I wonder whether you can help me understand why that is. Why that is. It depends on, also it varies from person to person. Like, you know, people all have their like, or, like, own preference on listening to music. But probably, first of all, it's too intensive. It's very intensive from the beginning till the end. Like there's just no single moment that I can be really released. No, actually there is some moment, but still it's not really like enjoyable. It's really um, 
playable. But I somehow kind of, you know, I don't know, probably it's because I'm Korean, and I find Armenian music has some similarity in our traditional music too. I don't know, I mean, I've never is found... It, is it maybe a showpiece? Where, whereas the concerto yeah. is a... Yeah. I mean, they're both works of art, don't get me wrong, but the concerto is a statement, whereas... The Concerto Rhapsody is, yeah. is essentially a show, a one, yes, one complete yes, show. Yes. Um, uh, okay, that's helpful. That's helpful. Um, I wonder whether you can tell me what is tricky in that work. I mean, I see lots of moving around on the fingerboard and, and lots of, you know, lots of people looking around. And, and my assumption is that it's all really tricky. But it, are it's there. It's really tricky. It is. Um, for me, I don't know, because. I don't want to talk about the period I started. I mean, I I practiced this music though. It was pretty short, but you know, what else can I do? I I, I gotta manage it otherwise. But oh, I mean, it's tricky for everybody. I'm not saying that it's tricky, tricky for, for you. everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, the flexibility in terms of knowing where I am, the catching the phrase, although it's so messy sounding. Like sometimes really get lost if you like really miss the, like even a single note, that's what is going to ha- be happen. Like, I really gonna get lost. Lost. So if you drop a note, or if the instrumentalist drops a note, let's not let's not make it about you. Let's make it about the instrumentalist. If the instrumentalist or the soloist drops a note, then actually it's phenomenally difficult to to pick it up again. And also, I love this music. It's very well written concerto piece, but instrumentationally, it's very difficult. It's, it's not the one of the easiest or like the well, how can I say, manageable piece in terms of technique and instruments, typically in cello. Because the meaning that the reason it takes so much time when we read the music, it takes so much time for figuring out like which finger is going to wear it? Not only this concerto rhapsody, also the fantasy sonata you have heard in yeah, yeah, second yeah, round. Yeah. It's like oh, it's it, punishing. Now, I mean, that's punishing. Yeah, it's really punishing. It's really punishing. But you know, the satisfactory comes even more like when you achieved it. Because it's really, I I find this piece really thrilling. Yeah. No matter like what kind of mistakes I make, like I don't know. I feel like. A little bit like rock star mood, so somehow. Okay. You know, yeah. And I imagine that there must be. I used to play in an orchestra many, many years ago, but I never played a concerto. Um, I imagine that actually, at the end of what has been quite an intense week, to sit on a stage and have all of that music around you, as opposed to just having a pianist, that that must be. Yeah. Thrilling. Or is it nerve-wracking? I would say 50 and 50. <laughs> like, I, 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 don't want to, I don't want to lie, but it's really nerve-wracking too. Thrilling at the same time, so it's really weird combination of having mixed feeling. And when do you expect... I asked Rustin this question yesterday, uh, but I'm not going to tell you what he said um, until after you've replied. Uh, when do the when you're about to perform? When do the nerves drop off? When do they stop? Is it when you finish the performance or when you step on, on onto the stage? Or? It's very hard thing. It doesn't happen every time for me. 
sometimes they're very like spiritual moment that I really don't think who I am. And I'm really on the trail of music making. Like, I'm really, like, I'm not insane, but yeah. I'm managing it. Right, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm out of control, but I'm, I'm in control. Mm -hmm. It's very satisfying. It's very satisfying. And it comes back, I mean, I come back to reality, like, slightly slower and slower after the performance. And that feeling is one of the best feelings that only a musician can feel. So that, that, that sort of, <clears throat> that experience that I think I've heard you describe, which is being uh, a, a controlled... concentrated. So but I a, controlled in, uh, a controlled insanity, uh -huh. I think that's what yeah, you said. Yeah, controlled insanity. Um, is that something that you experience before you start to play or in the process of playing? In process. I mean, because I... I don't know. Um, in this concerto, I can never be just so calm from the beginning. <laughs> I never can be. Yeah, I don't think so. But from the you know middle part of this concerto, I can be really like, okay, okay, let's go into that mode. Go into that mode. Like it's kind of how can I say? Um, it's not. It's not what is called meditation. What 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 do people say? The mindfulness. The mindfulness. Is it mindfulness? Yeah. Okay. I, I prefer controlled insanity. Mm -hmm. I think that sounds rather yeah. lovely. <laughs> um, between now and so you've got a performance this evening. Um, which is your final performance mm -hmm. um, for, the, for the judges, rather. Uh, what will you do between now and that appearance? What will I do? I might take a very short nap in order to calm myself down. And I don't want to, I don't want to just work so hard on this piece anymore. I just want to put and make all the notes in my mind sit in my mind too. Yeah, I might just having some digestion in terms of, you know, music making. Thank you very much. Oh, I have a form. <laughs> yeah, actually, when I asked you who you are, actually, what I should have asked you was, what is your name? <laughs> my name is Fedor Amosov, and I'm Russian. I'm from Moscow, and I do a lot of things, as I told you. Uh, why the farm? What, what is the farm? What do you do on the farm? Goats, sheep, uh, ducks, uh, Grenier Falls, chickens, geese, uh, bees. And you're looking cats, at dogs? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you farm cats? You surely don't farm cats. No, I don't cats. farm cats, no, no, but surely not. You, you know, cats are employed basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for. For hunting uh, the mouse. Uh, they're they're employed. The they're, they're, they're employed. employed yeah. I'm sure the cats wouldn't really see it like that. Uh, well, of course they don't, but no, who no. cares? <laughs> well, maybe Greenpeace do, but... Yeah, you know, well, yeah. sorry, Greenpeace. Okay, I wasn't expecting you to say that, but that's just great. <laughs> uh, so tell me, uh, tell me about um, what you've been doing over the past four or five days. Just give me an idea of what you've been I doing. practicing. Practicing? What have you been practicing? Like whatever I played for the competition, you know, it's... It's sort of sad because you have to sit in a room and play it over and over and over and over and make sure it gets better. If it doesn't get better, probably you suck. So, you know, that's our job, to make it look and sound better. How long have you been playing? Like, overall? I started when I was six, or even five. At five I started violin, then I switched to cello, so make it count, I'm now 30. 
so it's a lot, a lot so that's a lot of time on your own uh, even practicing well I wasn't always practicing my own because you know my mother taught me when I had brilliant uh, teachers and professors throughout the globe so I'm you know quite quite a happy man because I've known and I know a lot of so-called schools you know like American one Soviet one Russian one or whatever it's all combined and I also have my own view on how to do things and what to do how to play and what's my goal so it's very interesting when you combine all of this knowledge taken from all, all over the all over the world and you try to make something new and you try to make something better because frankly for last hundred years cellos become so much better technically and also musically which is almost impossible to achieve to other uh, musicians like for pianists and for violinists May maybe they didn't get that much better as cellos did but cellos just made a huge jump in what in what way you know bearing in mind that I'm a clarinetist I'm just a clarinetist um, <laughs> just just a clarinetist in what way has there been a jump in in technical jump in what way can you can you tell me a little bit more about that like you know like, like the same in Soviet song like for pilots higher faster and such you know really is it, is it to do with sort of technical yes, ability it's, it's technical and stuff yeah okay. because we become much faster we become much uh, uh, much more technical probably S maybe we lost a bit of musicality but we sort of still we're, we're playing much better than they did 80 years ago or 100 years ago just compare Casals to any soloist of nowadays it's a huge gap in terms of taste because uh, you know I'm not saying Casals is a great cellist but he was if he played now we would say oh come on so with how, would, how would you feel but can you tell me more about that oh come on what, what, what would you want more of like you say oh probably it's a little out of taste too many glisses okay. and such or maybe he's too noisy when he puts his bow on a string and such things but if they've known it's Kazas oh it's Kazas it's a god of child yes he was a god at the time and also not because how he played it doesn't really matter nowadays but what he did because first of all we have Casals and he started to play Bach cello suites it's extremely important achievement because he started to do it he recorded it no one before him ever played it like this and recorded it when we have Rostropovich who made next huge jump for cellists so many composers wrote music for him uh, just the Concerto Rhapsody is also written for him because he was the most famous, most important cellist in the Soviet Union. Basically, first Shosti concerto, second Shosti concerto. Prokofiev Symphony Concertante, maybe not as well, because uh, when it was the first concerto originally, it was written for Daniel Shafran. But history just makes its own choice, and it becomes a Rostropovich uh, concerto. So, so if, we, if, we, if, if a newcomer is thinking of sort of listening to almost like the history of cello playing and recording, you'd say start at Casals, go to Shafran, go Shafran and then and go to Rostropovich, and then you have whole variety, because there's nothing really much changed after Rostropovich. I mean, some changes, but basically it's, you know, it's three, three persons, I would say, the most important, because Shafran probably was uh, the best uh, technically... Uh, 
how to say, I don't know. Uh, anyway, in simple words, uh, he did something no one could at his days, because, you know, Pichigorsky, for example, in the beginning of century, he was brilliant, but Shafran was better. Just, you know, he, he played better. Of course, we can discuss now the like, matters of taste, how he produced things, what, you know, his um, special features as a performer, but still, you know, those are cellists who we can say, well, they were cellists, like Feuermann, like Fournier. You know, it's all these people are extremely important. I'm sort of really old-fashioned because I don't really watch what's going on nowadays in the chill world. I sort of live in the past. In the past, how far in the past do you live? Just up to 80s. Right, so okay, so it's not like it's really in the past. It's, it's not really in the past, but still in the past because I grew with all these recordings from from the time. So sort of I follow this line, not the line most of chills really follow right now. I think. As, well, at least I try to think of myself this way, so I'm trying to sort of conclude uh, this line of the 20th century into the future. Not trying to, I'm not trying to uh, sort of compete musically with, with what's going on around the world. Can you describe for me your playing, your style of playing? My style? I mean, I know what, what I think I know what your style of playing is, but your perspective will be different from mine. <laughs> that stopped uh, you. Yeah, That's really stopped you, know, I'm you just, isn't it? I'm just trying to... I know it's a very it. difficult question, uh, because no, you don't want to sound... Uh, sound arrogant. No, no, it's no, not I, point I don't of arrogancy. To. It's just point of how to put it in the right way. Uh, as I told you, I tried to uh, sort of narrow the style of 20th century, like early 20th century, but make it as well as musical, uh, as, as, you know, also technical. So to make it singing, but be fast at the same time. Because the main problem for many of us is to be, you know, fast technically, like fast, fast, and sing at the same time, you know, like the slow things like this concerto, it's sort of... Did you hear the rehearsal? I heard today? a little bit of the you rehearsal, heard a little yeah. Bit. As you could hear, it's very interesting. Mo most of it is very slow, in the very slow side. Plus, sometimes it's very fast. And it's very interesting. You have to combine, really, a polar uh, kind of music. And it's Hachutara, and it's beautiful, you know, mm. by what it is. But what am I? I'm trying just to be a musician, I think. Uh, works it out or not, it's for the public to decide. Uh, you d when I see you on stage, when I, see you, when I saw you on stage during the first round and the second round, um, I mean, you are a very tall person, and so, <laughs> and so actually, you know, you, you have a, a significant presence on stage, and it, uh, and it appears to me as though you almost hug the cello, uh, <laughs> and, that, and that it's, you know, you're a very demonstrative player. <laughs> you're laughing. Demonstrative. I mean, it, it is. I mean, like, it's probably... <laughs> probably but I mean funny. that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that in a complimentary way. I'm not, it's not a criticism. <laughs> do you recognise that? Of course I do. Yeah. But... You know, it's our job to be demonstrative, to yeah. be there, because, you know, they actually learn it all in ancient Greece and Rome. What people need? Wine and show. A wine, bread and show. What else? Bread and circuses. 
Bread and circuses. circuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they say in English. I just didn't know translated <laughs> from Russian. No, but yeah. I like that. Why? What was it? Why? Why bread, 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 bread and show. Yeah, yes. Yeah, but, nice. but exactly. Bread and circuses. Yeah. So now I know how to say it in English. Uh, that's what people need. I mean, like that's what most people need. They don't need you to be that precise. They don't need you to play all the notes, actually. I'd like to hear all the notes. <laughs> you do, because you're a musician. I do too, because I'm a musician. I think it's important. <laughs> it's important for us, for yeah. professionals. Oh, I see. Okay, right. How many of us in the, in the hall? 5, 10, 20, 30? Well, okay, you can play all the notes and be boring as shit. You can. <laughs> like, let me speak for yeah, No, absolutely. I, I have Or you that. can be... A music musical and still play all the notes, but it rarely happens, isn't it? So, so basically, it's possible. So that 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 style that I've described that you do sort of recognise, even though you laugh about it, um, is that something that you consciously decided? Is that is that a is that something that, at some point in your development, um, you've gone, that is my personality. That's the personality that I want to have on stage. You know, many people in my career they try to say, well, you're playing like yourself. Like, so what? Uh, the point is, I don't actually think I do play like myself all the time because I certainly play Schubert and Hachstrap differently. Uh, well, at least I try to believe it. Uh, and I certainly don't play Bach like I play my own composition, if you heard mm, myself. Yes, it is. So, yes. also, I, I did a little. <laughs> well, that's, that's really better. It's a solo piece. That was a, that was a bra that struck me as a brave thing to do. I don't Which, know. My, uh, to play yeah, to, to to come to a competition, and and to put your own. It's not the first time I, I did this. No, no, but but as a. I mean, like playing my own piece. Yeah, playing your own yeah. piece. That that actually that's a that's quite a bold thing to do because well, there is an element of surely. The judges, even though they are judging performance, that. They're going to be on some level judging composition, even though they're trying not to. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. I, I'm pretty sure it's a good piece. I would say. Oh, of course, it. of course, yes. So you know, when I when I wrote it, when I first wrote it, I was like thinking to make it at least as good as all other cello pieces. Like I don't think it's worse than Ligeti. Probably, maybe it's even better than Ligeti. Sonata because there's more things. I don't. I don't know. It's, it's you know, it's too arrogant to say this, but I, I'm really happy about this piece. And I don't try much because I write only if I feel it's going to be good. If it's not going to be good, I, w I, w I, I want to write it. It was clear that you felt most at ease playing it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, could, I could tell that you felt at ease playing it. But actually, it's a very hard piece, frankly. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's extremely hard. It's, but I think, you know, uh, I, I did play it for a Tchaikovsky competition, which the last one, three years ago. And I probably was the first cellist ever to play his own composition for Tchaikovsky. N actually, it's funny. No one actually even mentioned it anywhere. This was the first time, but it was because before that, I think Pletnov played his, uh, but he played his arrangement of Nutcracker Suite, if you if you remember. But not so many people uh, can play their own compositions. And uh, actually, I know uh, quite a few people of my age who write music uh, and who sometimes play their own music because. It's sort of become mainstream again, at least in Russia, maybe in Europe too, to write music and to perform your own music as it was in the 18th century. And it's really, it's really nice, it's really good. Because I think uh, during the 20th century we sort of lost this uh, ability of musicians to actually write music. 
because what we are, if we are playing someone's piece, we're just a simple CD player, better or worse. But if we play our own music, it's nothing closer to art, to creating the art. What is the competition experience like? I know what I've found it like. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, like, it's, we just think, oh, good God. It's I mean, it seems quite... It's the first time that I've been in an international competition. Well, I felt Your hands are shaking, and you feel like shit, certainly. Your hands don't work. So <laughs> you're trying to produce some kind of quality, of, like music quality and you're trying to produce something which is you know not always easy and, uh, and this piece is certainly not the easiest one but in the first and second round I think the thing that struck me was that uh, you're you're on the platform for 20 minutes say yeah. 40 minutes, 40 minutes and and the when you finish each piece there shouldn't really be any applause and so you may well, you know, you will, you will arrive at the conclusion of a piece and then there'll be nothing. And I, and I as, a, as a listener and part musician, I sort of sit there and go, oh, God, that must be awful. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little... Do you understand what I mean? I don't like it. I think uh, people may applaud between the pieces. I, I don't see anything bad about it. Uh, so that doesn't affect... It doesn't sound like that affects you, though. You know, it's, it's a little, uh, little distracting because I play quite a lot concerts and I'm and I'm used to blows between pieces and if I finish there's nothing I'm like oh shit it's like very uncomfortable thing so why today is gonna be better because it's just one piece and anyway yes. you'll get your applause yes it's a little frustrating uh, but on the other hand um, okay it's, you've just you got know, to do it you just got to do it it's, it's very special it's a very specific one I mean, like, to play for a competition. Did you play yourself for a competition? Uh, I didn't play for a competition, no. I, I trained at university, and uh, I had to do my final year recital, and I also had to accompany somebody for, for her final year recital. So I had to play the, pi I had to play the pieces on the clarinet, uh, and then I had to play the same pieces on the piano. So I'd, it was a nightmare. <laughs> well, I hated it. I hated it. I really did. Well, at least it means you can play piano. Yeah, oh, yeah, some, yeah, totally. Yeah. Level, you know, because it's... Uh, how's the how's this competition changed you? Well, I just understand that I get older, and then it gets scarier every time. <laughs> uh, what do you think? What do you think that you've learned from it? That probably I had to I have to some kind of find more peace within myself. Probably. Because it's very hard in the competition to become and uh, to really produce what you prepared, it's really hard. Uh, because usually, you know, when I play concert recitals, I don't feel nervous at all, almost, almost ever, never ever. And competition, of course, is a different thing, especially when you play pieces which are not as familiar as you're used to. Because, for example, for this competition, I had to learn a couple of pieces and plus I had to play something which I'm not usually playing because it's I don't feel it's really my pieces like Arpeggione is very scary to play it's scary to it's play scary is to it play. really it's ridiculously scary in what way is it scary because it's really uncomfortable 
peace. It's really uncomfortable to play. Everything is uncomfortable there because because of a lots of lots of jumps, lots of you have to still follow the style and you still have to be heard in the, in in the audience. And it's almost impossible to do because if you're starting to produce some amount of sound, Schubert goes away. Mm-hmm. So you probably could hear because I tried to do it on a with a very little sound because otherwise it just sounds not like Schubert. In this sonata especially, you know, in violin sonatas it's not probably like that, but this sound is like extremely chamber. Is that because the cello can be you can you can make considerably more noise with the cello? So whereas with the violin, the the range of dynamics it's not it's quite not so. Point of range. It's the point if you play it a little bit brighter it becomes uh, sort of uh, like annoyance uh, to the Schubert it's, uh, himself because if you're playing it brighter just you know it becomes Beethoven but it, it's not a Schubert anymore of course I, I could have played much brighter and you know so there is a sound okay there would be nothing uh, left of the Schubert. And what about the what about the Catacherian for unaccompanied cello? I mean, I heard that for the first time during this competition. I thought it sounded horrific and fiendish. Is it horrific and fiendish? Horrific. Well, I mean, not that's not to say that I thought your playing was horrific and fiendish. <laughs> I'm just saying that the work is. It sounds like it's a really demanding play. It's really demanding. It's very uncomfortable. It's it's unchilistic. <laughs> right. Okay. Let me put it uh, this way, and it's funny because my places, uh, my pieces, also unchallistic. But the funniest thing that Hachtran was a cellist, uh, and he knew how to play the cello, and he wrote the piece which is uh, extremely uncomfortable. Uh, it's funny because Sulhan Sansad, the Georgian composer, maybe you've heard of his uh, five pieces uh, in a folk style, mm-hmm. like the, the famous ones. He was also a cellist, and he also has a solo cello sonata, which is also incredibly hard. And I don't know what's this as this cellist with writing for our our own instrument that hard, and just it just happens. Because when you write music, you don't think of how it should be played. Just think, <laughs> okay, let's hear, 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 hear. That's better. That's better. And you trying to learn it. Oh shit! What did I do? That's probably what happens with all composers, uh, which are, you know, performers, musicians. We just think, oh, geez, I did the game. <laughs> the winner of the Aram Katachurian Cello Competition is announced on Thursday, the 14th of June. Follow me, Thoroughly Good, on Twitter for the latest updates. Rate, like, and comment on this podcast via Audioboom and subscribe via Spotify, iTunes, or your preferred podcast crunching app. Uh, do get in contact. It is always lovely to hear from people. You can email me uh, at john.jacob. That's j-o-n.jacob at thoroughlygood.me. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>